Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Nation, welcome to the show. I am Tara Kennedy Klein, your hostess for the next hour, and I am just, um, I'm pretty thrilled about the guest that we have uh, for you today. So you definitely want to hang in there and, and hear this conversation. Um, our guest today is Hal Runkel, who is the creator of Scream Free Parenting, and I've just been stalking this guy forever, so I am really, really excited that he's going to be my guest today, but you know, as always, I'm going to start out with a little bit of a rant. And, uh, you know, our show, Stop Raising Einstein, is about, um, you know, not trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world because it's not it's not even possible. And to give parents a break and to cut us some slack because this job is is pretty tough, but it doesn't have to be as tough as we make it sometimes. And we have a lot of special needs parents in our community. My son is on the autism spectrum, so, you know, I'm naturally drawn to that topic. And, you know, he's he shows me my imperfection every single day (laughs) because he has Asperger's. And so he is brutally honest. And and I love that about him, uh, among many, many other things. And uh, I, I got a letter today. It was emailed to me. Somebody asked me if I had seen it. And it was a letter that was addressed to a family in Ontario, Canada, a grandmother who actually takes care of her autistic grandson named Max. And apparently uh, someone from the neighborhood had sent this letter to this grandma, basically complaining about Max's vocal stimming. Um, The person who wrote the letter was clearly not that educated or eloquent when they were describing it. Uh, They were calling it wailing. Um, But basically anybody who works with kids or knows kids on the spectrum, um, That vocal stimming is not unusual. It's pretty typical, as a matter of fact. You know, my son does it, and he's considered very high-functioning autistic. So apparently little Max has an issue with this vocal stimming or wailing, as the neighbor calls it. And so they felt the need to write a letter to Grandma telling her that her grandson should be put to sleep. They should euthanize him. Um, She even goes so far as to say that he should be dismembered and and the non-retarded parts of him donated to science. You know, what kind of an asshole writes a letter like that? Seriously, like what of what part of you is so perfect that it gives you the right to judge anybody? And why would you not want to take the time to find out what's going on in this family's life? Like, you know, maybe this kid is is moaning or wailing or squealing or whatever he's doing out of pure joy for life, which is something that you could really take a lesson on. So, you know, I, I put it up on Facebook and I got a lot of people who agreed with me. And then I got a lot of people who were saying things like this is a hoax. It was probably written by a bunch of, you know, obnoxious teenagers. I don't believe an adult would ever write something like that. One guy even asked me if I know the family personally. Please, do we know anybody personally that we talk about? 
you know, that we relate to their situation and use it as a growth experience? Do we know all of those people personally? Buddy, shut up. But anyway, the, uh, the woman who said, you know, it was probably a bunch of obnoxious teenagers. My question to her was, okay, if it was a bunch of obnoxious teenagers and not an adult, does that make it okay? Like, is, is this lesson that we're giving to our teens that they can be obnoxious and horrible and vicious and cruel to people, but because you're a teenager, that's okay? Like, and, you know, of course she said, no, it's never okay to write something like that. But people, you know what, here's the deal. We need to think a little bit more. We need to be a little kinder. You know, kids on the spectrum are all unique as every single one of us is unique. And, you know, maybe if we all took some time to get to know these kids and the brilliance that they bring to the world, maybe, maybe they would teach us something about ourselves. Because none of us are perfect, but none of us deserve to be tortured and ridiculed and hated on like like what we're doing to people these days. You know, our judgment has gone over the top. It's not even judgment anymore. Now it's just cruelty and and it's inhumane and it's disgusting and we really need to get a grip people, seriously. So I just had to vent about that for a minute. <laughs> you know, if, if go on my Facebook page if you have something to say, if you think that I'm wrong or whatever, just go on my Facebook page and tell me. Um but just if you're going to do that, please realize that I'm not I'm not a politically correct person and I, I, my filter is broken right now. So take your chances, do whatever you want to do. But Hal is going to help me. <laughs> my guest today, uh, Hal Runkle, who is the creator of Scream Free Parenting. I'm sure that you have a lot that you could share with me today, Hal, because I am just ready to explode. Um, he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's a relationship coach. He's a speaker. Um, He's the founder and president of the Scream Free Institute, which I absolutely love. What he does is he helps parents to realize that they are in charge, but not because of their big voices, but because of the power that they have just by being parents. So, and you know from listening to the show that this is absolutely what I stand for and what I believe in. So, Hal, oh my gosh, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I am doing, uh, I'm doing very, very well. Um, I, I enjoyed listening to your rant there. <laughs> Thanks, Hal. Quite a bit, quite a bit. And I uh, absolutely understand. It is, that's the thing, is that parenting is a, has this amazing ability to stir up some of the most powerful emotions that we ever experience. Right? Yeah. And especially if we view these kids who, I mean, all kids, right, are vulnerable, but obviously kids certainly on the spectrum, any kids struggling with special needs are, are even more vulnerable. And uh, it's easy to, you know what, uh, it's easy to attack them. And because they're, yeah. So, and it's also, it's, I totally understand that you're getting all riled up about it. I get it. It's I, just I, so frustrating. I don't frustrating have any words of uh, wisdom to calm you down. <laughs> you know what, Hal, nobody does. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Very few people have been able to calm me down, but you, I think the thing that really struck me the most was um, the 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 arrogance of the person who wrote this letter because the way they wrote it, and she signed it at a pissed off mom, so we're having to assume that it's a woman. Um, the arrogance of this woman in that she she led the people to believe 
that everyone in the neighborhood agreed with her. They just didn't have the guts to say it. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that secretly we're all harbinging this ill will towards the people that annoy us, even if they can't help it. Right. Right. And so it, it, so it's our job to, you know, so, someone to be the trailblazer to say, isn't anyone tired of this? I mean, it, it's, you know, talking about having the, I mean, let's get rid of all the mentally challenged people. That, that, that's very Adolf-like. Or let's yes. get rid of the parts of you. You know, <laughs> that's, that's been said before. Yeah. Get rid of the parts of yeah. you that we don't <laughs> like and make you what we think you should right. be to make us feel comfortable. So, of course, what you want to do is get rid of her judgmental heart. Exactly. True story. Yeah. Amen to that, right? Ugh. Right. And I, you know what, it's, but here's the know, thing, Hal, we're again. all, ju- we all have, we, we all have that moment where we look at something and judge whether we agree with it or not. Sure. Sure. And but the hallmark of adults, the hallmark of adults are people who are able to disagree and yet not be disagreeable about it. Wow then I know a lot of adults who are very unadult-like. <laughs> we, we all do. And they're called politicians. But oh. the, uh, that's, the, that's the hallmark of true adulthood, is your ability to still clay, stay in close, calm connection to others that you disagree with. And in so many ways, that's the real calling of adulthood, certain, I mean, of parenting as you're leading your children into adulthood, especially when you have teenagers like I do. It's getting to this place where recognizing they're not going to agree with me, and that's part of them becoming fully themselves. And so can I stay in close connection to them even though they're disagreeing with me, even though they're disagreeing with me in ways that aren't adult-like, can I still be an adult with them? And that's wow. kind of the hallmark of screen free. That's brilliant. I do. I struggle but with that. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if it's brilliant. I think we all intuitively we know it when we see it. It's kind of like that old description of uh, of obscenity that that judge had years ago. You know, I don't can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. It's kind of like we we know true adulthood when we see it. It is this amazing ability to remain calm even though others around you aren't. It's this uh, amazing ability to continue to function at a very mature level even as other people around you are trying to bring you down to a less mature level so they don't have to then grow up. These are greatest leaders in history. These are the Nelson Mandela's, right? And the Martin Luther King, Gandhi. These are the people that we intuitively respond to. And I actually believe it's what our kids are dying to have. They just don't know how to ask for it. Right? Because they know it when they see it. Right, Hal? Exactly. They know it when they see it and they respond. I mean, think about it. Every single one of us hopefully, but most adults that you talk with have a story about that one teacher. You know, that one teacher that just seemed to be able to rise above the fray and and wasn't able to easily get 
sucked down by the stupidity of the natural stupidity of the teenagers or, or students around them. That, that one that was able to see through your own BS and speak to that part of you that longs to be more, that longs to see more, that longs to do more. Everyone has that, I hope, that one teacher. Yeah. And one of the hallmarks of that teacher was they're able to keep their cool. Right. No matter what. They, they, you know, didn't get flustered easily. And I think that's wow. so much what our kids are dying to see from us, you know, as parents. Absolutely. You know, I had that teacher and everybody was afraid of him, Mr. Faree. Everybody was like, oh, my God, you're going to hate him. He's so mean. He wound up being my favorite teacher. So when we come back, really? I want to talk to you about how to create space for each of your children and to put this scream-free parenting thing into place when we come back from this break. Queen of Accountability loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail your spiritual girlfriend every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are being joined by Hal Runkle, who is the creator of Scream Free Parenting. And I, you know, I just put up a post on Facebook this past week, Hal, and it was um, from a, a fan who had written in. And she basically said her husband is a yeller and a screamer. And it's gotten to the point where her kids, not only do they not hear him anymore, but they've stopped inviting friends over because they don't want to be around him. He's like never, ever wrong. You know, they've lost family friendships over it. And, but he's not seeing it. You know, when he's called out on it, he's like, uh, this is what a dad is supposed to do. You know, how do you handle a parent like that? Well, depends on who's talking to him. Because the way I would handle it is different than the way I would coach the wife to handle it. You know, the way I would handle it is just talk to him kind of like, you know, are you getting what you want? He's okay. You say that that's what a dad is supposed to do. Um, How effective are you being? Because what you've done is in an effort to control your kids, you've actually sacrificed your ability to influence them. And yeah, but you know what? This guy would. This is this is the kind of guy. This is the kind of narcissistic person that would turn around and go, "They listen to me. They don't listen to their mom. So it's working." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until when? Yeah. See, there you go. There's I mean, the key for who, me. Right. People always say, well, hey, you know what? They need me to tell them what to do because they don't know and they'll get into trouble. And it's okay, fine. Until when? Because what you're the model you're promoting right now is unfortunately happening all over the world. It's I'm going to restrict your freedom, restrict your freedom, restrict your freedom until when you're 18 and then you no longer listen to me and say, okay, well, here's your freedom. And then we're shocked when they are failing out of college. They're getting pregnant early. They're getting into drugs and alcohol at far rate, higher rates than ever, ever before. They're getting in tons of debt and they're moving back home. What was <laughs> yeah. your plan? You know? Good and, plan, and, but, Dad. For the white, yeah, exactly. But for the wife, you know, if that becomes a marriage issue, and we've got a whole program called Scream Free Marriage, but it's, look, how is she authentically representing herself? Because telling him not to scream at the kids is just as bad as him telling the kids what to do all the time. And so, you know, the way to, to for a wife in that situation is to just let him know, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do, I'm not your mother, but I'm going to let you know as your wife that when you yell at our kids that way, it makes you very unattractive, mm. which is the way my wife would represent that. And and so what you do with this information is up to you, but I'm going to let you know every time you yell at our kids, because I can't control whether or not you yell at our kids, but I can tell you I lose respect for you. I lose attraction to you. God, I love the way you said and, that. And, it, because I'm, a, I'm speaking as a, as a spouse. I'm not speaking as your authority figure. I'm speaking to you as a spouse. And so you can do, you can keep yelling at the kids. That's fine. I'm going to still tell you how that behavior affects me personally as your spouse. 
So instead of saying, don't you see what you're doing to our kids? Don't you see what you're doing to their relationship that they have with you? Which is basically going to put him into more of a defensive mode. You're basically saying, you're in control of this, dude. You can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I don't like it. And it makes me kind of repulsed by you. (laughs) Exactly. And it, it, it makes my vagina want to close up when I'm around you. I mean, <laughs> True story. <laughs> Put a lock on that thing. I mean, yep. it's, exactly. It's, it's not like she's lying. She's telling the truth. You know, <laughs> she's she's absolutely telling him the truth. And so, you know, that's one of the things we coach in screen free marriage is do not tell somebody what they should or should not be doing, especially your spouse because that's going to put you in a position above them, and then you're wondering why you're not connecting with them. No, tell them how your beha- how their behavior affects you as a spouse. Don't talk about how it affects you, think it's affecting the kids and whatever, because that comes across as judgmental. But it's also, right. like you said, do, do, do what you want. Well, this is actually the way of scream-free parenting as well, because you know what? I cannot control what comes out of my kid's mouth. I mean, I, I've obviously fantasized about making him unable to speak at times, making my son, but... <laughs> I can't control what comes in. So instead of getting, hey, you can't talk to me that way, you know what he's thinking is, well, I just did. Yep. Instead, sure can. I, I could I do it again, say, too. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm going to say, yes, you can. I'm going to say, hey, dude, you can talk rudely to me all you want. Here's a couple of things. If you continue to do it, then I'm going to take your phone away for a couple of days. And also, by the way, if you continue, it's not going to change my mind. My answer is still no. You're not going to that party. So go right ahead. Talk really. Wow. Because what I'm not going to give you is the satisfaction of making me, a grown man, lose his cool because you, a 14-year-old, are upset with my decision. Right. Because, because here's the deal. I love you too much to give you that much power over me. Ah, uh, that's cool. See, that's really awesome. And, you know, I wish more parents would hear that and take that information in because I think that's something that we don't tell our kids enough. You know, we're so willing to tell them, you drive me crazy, you make me pull my hair out, blah, blah, blah. But how many of us are willing to say, I love you too much to let you do that? Right. To drive me crazy. Because it's interesting. We always complain about our kids pushing our buttons. But mm-hmm. none of us ask the question, well, how did I give them my remote control in the first place? Yes. What makes my buttons so easily accessible? Well, it comes down to that I still believe it's my job to make you behave. And that somehow I'm trying to lie to myself about the fact that you still have a mind of your own. I want you to not have a mind of your own so that you'll just do what you're told. So I really fantasize about having a remote control on you. And so I tell you what to do and you're supposed to do it because I know better than you, blah, blah, blah. But I'm still dealing with an individual in front of me who is not an extension of me, who has a mind of their own. And no matter how much I try to coerce them, force them, whatever, they can still just say no. And that then drives me crazy. Yeah. 
I got to tell you, it drives me crazy, and I'm supposed to be one of the calm ones. You know, you wouldn't know that from listening to me ever. But seriously, like, you know, I've gone through all this schooling to learn how to remain calm. Um, Right. When my my teenager says, no, I'm not going to do that right now, I flip a little bit. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm like, and, and you know, it, and then you it, go into this it, diatribe it, of I work and I make the money and you wouldn't eat if it weren't for me. And, yeah. you know, so how do we handle that? Well, here's we have to take a step back and think about something. Okay. We want our children to have minds of their own. My kid offered pot after school. I want him to have a mind of his own to be able to say no. Mm. My daughter, you know, uh, she's a she's now a junior, but. I mean, she's invited into the backseat of a senior's car. I want her to have a mind of her own. I just don't want her to have a mind of her own with me, right? So I'm supposed to be able to, exactly, tell her what to do right now, but nobody else is allowed to tell her what to do. There she's supposed to think for herself. Well, you know what? I can't have it both ways. My job is not to say yes to all my anxiety that says they need to obey me right here and now. Okay, until when? Because my job is not to create little minions that do my bidding. My job is to create men and women who are able to be productive thinkers, citizens, right? leaders. That's my job. My job is not to raise kids. That's the thing. We, for the last 40 years, we've been raising kids so well, but guess what? That's all we've raised, our kids. That's why they're yep. moving back in home all the time. What we need to do is recognize, no, my job is to launch a man and a woman into the world. And that means they're going to disagree with me. But that also means that I begin to treat them with respect, that they are actually in charge of them. My son, he's five years old, and you're not the boss of me, and what do I want to say? Well, as long as they're under my roof, you know, you're my rules, whatever. But you know what I said to him? You know what? You're right. I'm not the boss of you. You are. And you have a choice to make. You can pick up your stuff, or I can pick up your stuff. Now, if I pick up your stuff, you won't ever see it again. So it's up to you. <laughs> I love that one. Because, <laughs> yeah, because here's the deal. My job is not to manage your behavior. My job is to help teach you to manage your own behavior. That's my job. And so, right. my, so I can't do that by telling you what to do as if you don't have a mind of your own. No, my job is to nurture this mind of your own. So, hey, buddy, you've got a choice. You can talk rudely to me or you can not. You can bring your bike in into the garage where it belongs or you can choose to leave it out. I'm okay with either decision. I will respect either decision. Now, if you choose to leave it out, then the next morning it will be gone. I'll take it to goodwill because I love you so much that I want to teach you the way the world really works. And the way the world works is if you don't take care of your stuff, life takes it away from you. And so better that I introduce you to that lesson early than have you learn that lesson with something far more expensive than a bicycle. So my son is 14 and he works and they, you know, we have a process of them earning money to spend on the things that they want. And one of the rules that I put in place for my 14-year-old is you can choose to leave your room a disgusting, horrible mess that we can't see the rug because I can close the door. But here's the deal. Once a week, we have a lady that comes in and cleans, and I pay her. And part of what I pay her for is to clean your room. So if she can't clean your room because of the way you left it, you owe me 10 bucks. 
That's been it. working. It's very, very similar <laughs> to what we do. I did that. Cool. With, uh, well, we're going to talk about it when we come back from this break. Okay, Hal? All right, awesome. talk to you in a few minutes. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo! Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are being joined today by scream-free parenting creator, Hal Runkle, and just having an awesomely fun conversation with you, Hal. I want to let our listeners know that if you have a question, comment, or concern for me or for Hal, you're welcome to call in. Our call-in line is 877-864-4869. So if uh, if you have something to say, give it a shot. (laughs) We promise not to yell at you. But uh, before the break, Hal, we were talking about um, basically a process that uh, I, th- I think you agree with, that we basically said to our 14-year-old son, if you are not going to clean your room, that's fine, but then you're going to pay us when the person who's paid to clean it can't do it because of your neglect. And uh, you said that you have something very similar that you teach. What is that? Well, it was... Uh... I did it with, with brushing teeth uh, several years ago with my son, who got 
tons of cavities because he was lying to us about brushing the teeth. And so I was like, okay, dude, well, that costs us a lot of money. So every time you don't brush your teeth, $10 leaves your account and goes to mine. Wow. That's so awesome. You. Because I, I, it's the exact same principle is, look, I'm not telling you what to do. Because what I want you to do is learn to think for yourself and evaluate options and think about consequences. That's my job because every day, all day, already today, you and I have faced a myriad of choices with time limits on those choices and consequences. And that's the world that we are sending our kids out into. So it's my job to prepare them for that world by giving them a taste of it now, saying, hey, you got five minutes to turn the TV off. Anytime in that five minutes, whenever you want to turn that off, that's fine. Now, if after five minutes it's turned off, great. If after five minutes it's not turned off, that's fine too. I will turn it off for you, and it will remain off for you for the next two days. It's totally up to you, and my anger never enters the picture. So I go, I set a timer on the microwave, because I want to just introduce them to that reality. Mm-hmm. And you know what and, I, and I think is so amazing about that, Hal, is what you're saying, I am certain that every single person listening right now is going, well, that makes complete sense. And I totally do that, but it doesn't work for me. And I would challenge mm-hmm. that here's why. Because when you say, if it's not off in five minutes, I will turn it off and it will remain off for you for two days, you don't follow through with some or all of that consequence. Because we don't like to be two things. It's inconvenient for us, and it is uncomfortable watching our kids suffer, especially when they complain about it. Right. And what we have to do, I believe, is call ourselves up to a recognition that if we really do mean it when we say we love our kids, then we have to embrace the fact that suffering their own consequences for their own choices is the most loving thing we can give them. It is how you learn. It is. Sorry. And it's true. And But what about those parents who say, well, um, getting a beaten is a consequence, too. Why can't I just do that? It's easier. Well, sure, it it is easier. And also you get this wonderful relief, right, you know, because you get the kind of anger out in the moment. Now, it leaves you feeling awful afterwards. It leaves your kids resenting you and not thinking about what got them in trouble. They're just thinking about what an awful person you are. And every study that's ever been done on spanking shows that it actually decreases their IQ over the long term. But you can go right ahead. (laughs) Are you using your tactics on me, Hal? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Because the thing about it is, look, again, how long are you going to do that? What's how, okay until when? Uh, I mean, what what are you preparing them for by spanking them into submission? You know, what mm-hmm. I want to do is give parents consequences they can implement that actually they feel good about doing, right? And and also that are effective in leaving the kids not thinking about mom or dad, but thinking about what behavior they did. So, and that's why you know, just as ineffective as a spanking is a lecture. And can be just as damaging, too, because what you're doing is actually eroding your influence, because now I'm not thinking about what I did to get in trouble. I'm thinking about what a blowhard dad is and how I can tune him out while pretending to listen to him. Which actually is a brilliant talent, though, for the workforce. 
Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so that's what we need to teach them, right? We need to model for them all the crappy bosses that they're going to have the rest of their lives. True story. <laughs> yeah. But You're yeah, right. I do. I'm I mean, trying. I had the one that lectured. I had the one that lectured and uh, it made me brilliant at tuning people out. It really did. I know. I know. And it's, it's like so many things that we do. In fact, this is about all, all of reality is, is so many of the worst things in life started off with good intentions. And we or they have it's an attempted solution at a problem. And and it's like the idea that, OK, as they get older, they're capable of getting in more trouble. So I need to not increase their privacy as they get older. I need to decrease their privacy. So I need to go through their book bags. I need to be looking through their phones, all that stuff, not realizing that what you're just doing is encouraging them to be better at hiding from you. Yes. Instead of. You know, it's just silly. It's certainly what we all did. I found ways to hide the beer. I found ways to hide. And you know what? Instead of you positioning yourself as a leader for me that I actually trust and when I get in trouble want to talk to, you're making yourself the last person I want to come to. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, it's you're trying to – if your child can come to you and say – listen, I went on this website, it wasn't what I expected, and now I can't get it off my phone. And then you look at the phone and you realize that it's horrifically pornographic. You have two choices as a parent in that moment. You know, you can either make them never, ever, ever come to you again, or you can make them realize that what they did was absolutely wrong, you will support them through it, and you're banned from the internet for the next month. Because I love you. And Sure, sure. And and I would go even a step further, and maybe this is the therapist in me, but I also can say, start a conversation, huh, well, what, what, were, what were you looking for? Mm-hmm. What were you searching for? Ew, I, I mean, we don't I, want I, to know that, Hal. Ill. I know. I've been having conversations with my 14-year-old just saying, I, I always like telling them what, I, what they can anticipate coming up. And so, you know, I, when they were young, I taught them every cuss word I knew. Uh, because I wanted to, them to hear it from me in the right context and just say, hey, and it's going to surprise you how many friends, right? I know you can't imagine it, but here's the friends. And then telling them about drugs, and you're going to be surprised which guys do drugs and which don't. And, you know, talking to my son a couple of years ago, hey, dude, it's going to be amazing. But what, where you're headed, you are going to be so completely infatuated with breasts that you're, it's, it's going to blow your mind. You know, and he was like, well, Dad, I think I'm already getting there. No, hey, man, I get it. Now, one thing is it's incurable. It's not going away. Sorry. But, two, <laughs> we can talk about how, how you integrate those natural desires and, and what it's going to lead you to want to do. And here's some, here's some tips on how to kind of manage that, right, that it's actually good for you. Because, again, my job is to lead him into a productive adulthood, and I can't do that if I'm totally eliminating myself as a resource. By freaking out all the time. That's why we emphasize scream free so much. When we t- we're not just talking about lowering the volume on our voices. We're talking about being becoming non-reactive, so that we can actually become responsive. Now, is this difficult? Oh my gosh, yes. But so is weightlifting. I mean, I think parenting is emotional weightlifting. You know, it's a test to get us to get stronger. And thankfully, our kids are remarkable dumbbells for us, right? Oh, that's that's a funny way to put that. Ha ha. You, but, the, yeah. you know, what about the parents who say, I don't scream, and you know in that moment that they are 100% passive-aggressive, 
cynical, sarcastic, yep. horrible people to be around. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Here's what I tell my, here's what I, I mean, there's a University of New Hampshire study that says 98% of all parents have unleashed a psychologically damaging outburst towards each of their children before the age of five. And wow. we know the other two, the other 2% are just lying about it, right? Because we've all done it. And if you're not able to fess up for how you get reactive with your kids, and it can be a, a screaming out loud, it can be a look, it can be that absolutely passive-aggressive, it can be picking up after your kids even though you swore you wouldn't do it again and then taking it out on everybody else in the family. There's lots of different ways to scream. And if you're not able to fess up, well, exactly what you just said. You're not exactly a person I can trust. Here's, here's a lesson that I've always taught my kids. Uh, I just tell them all the time, look, every single person you ever meet is at some level full of it. Yeah, and the best pe- the best people you meet are aware of it. They're aware of their own inconsistencies. They're aware that they're not perfect, right? These are the people that you will be lifelong connected with. The people who deny that are just people that you're not going to want to trust very much at all. And so, here's another thing. You know this. You've got teenagers. Teenagers are amazing BS detectors. Mm-hmm. They will point out our inconsistencies all the time, you know, and, and we can either embrace that fact as good for us, or we can resent that fact and tell them to mind their own business and shut up and I'm different than you because I'm 35 or 48 or whatever, you know. It's just, it's, it's disingenuine. And again, I, what am I doing to position myself for lifelong influence with my kids? So when your kid calls you out, because my kids do it regularly, my kids are regularly calling me out. When my kids do it, I laugh about it because I do it to them all the time. When my spouse does it, when my husband does it, I'm like, oh, Uh, really? You're going to call me out? Well, let's go back and I'm going to call up the scoreboard now and pick out the 47 times that you screwed up and I'm going to throw them in your face. Like it, that becomes that situation. Right. How and do we keep ourselves to. from not defending ourselves when we know that we're wrong out of embarrassment? Well, it has to become your number one priority. I mean, nothing ever changes until you make it your number one priority. And, and if your number one priority is your own personal growth for the benefit of those that you love, then when the person that you love most in the world points something out to you, you say, thank you for telling me, I need to think about it. And because it's you that told me this, I take it more seriously than anybody else's criticism. Now, wow. if you said it in a hurtful way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, ouch. Were yeah. you trying to hurt me? Oh, yes. I mean, it, you know what? We're going to go to break now, but when we come back, I want to talk about okay, that. Because that's my favorite phrase ever. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, 
but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are in the home stretch with an awesome guest, Hal Runker, who is the creator of Scream Free Parenting and Scream Free Marriages, right, Hal? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the conversation, because I have a feeling we're going to go right up to the end here, I want to make sure that everybody has the information they need to get a hold of you and get more great tips and tools and info from you. So what's the best way to reach you? Uh, ScreamFree.com is our website, and we're a nonprofit, and you can read hundreds of free articles and connect with thousands of ScreamFree parents all over the world. And obviously, Facebook page, just look up ScreamFree, and those are the two easiest ways to find us. That's awesome. And I really hope that you will friend us on Facebook so that we can continue this conversation on the Facebook page, too, because we, we get a lot of screamers. <laughs> but anyway. It's all of us. It's all of us. So I have to tell you. um, Go ahead. No, no, no. You You go. go. Okay. So what I was going to tell you was like a bazillion years ago when my husband and I just absolutely could not talk to each other. um, We we yelled at each other all the time. We were neither of us was ever, ever wrong. 
Um, and we would start fights right. over the stupidest stuff. And we would fight in front of our kids. And then one day um, we were arguing over something so ridiculous. It was an article in the newspaper. And my little boy, who was three at the time, came up and said, Hey, Daddy, are we going to make Mommy cry again today? And um, we oh, kind of looked at each other and wow. went, wow, this probably isn't the message that we want to send to our kids about how to communicate with somebody you love, you know? So we started saying wow. something, which is really kind of, right? Doesn't that suck? But it was a huge lesson from a, from a mini love guru. But um, right. w- what we learned in that moment was to say, and it's kind of ironic because you said it right before the break, we learned to say to each other, was it your intention to hurt me with that or did you want to make a point? Right. Exactly. I uh, I tell folks, look, there's a four-letter word that doesn't get said enough in marriage, and that's ouch. You want to stop an argument in its tracks, don't retort back with the same painful dialogue that just came at you. Calm yourself down, grow yourself up a little, and represent yourself. And say, ouch. Was that your intention? Because it did. I love that. It hurt me. And what's interesting, it, it does, it, I mean, it, it, people, we resist vulnerability because it sounds weak. Vulnerability is only weak when it is paired with weakness. But what we've always found most attractive in people is this amazing combination of vulnerability with strength. Somebody who's able to be strong, stand up tall, and represent, you know what, that hurt. Now, I'm, I'm going to be okay, but I do want you to know that you hurt me. That is attractive. Weakness is, I need you to be nice to me, and you're not being nice to me. You know, the thing, what, one of the things we preach at uh, in Screen Free Marriage is, look, we don't need each other. I don't need my wife. We've been, we just celebrated 20 years. Uh, I don't need her. The reality is I want her. Mm. And wanting is scary, scary and vulnerable, right? And so we say I need, and we interchange love with the word need, because I need you means if you don't then respond the way I want you to, then you're a jerk. Not, you know, uncompassionate, but saying, I want you, well, then it's your choice. But that's the only way we actually can get what we want most. I don't want my partner talking to me nicely because I need her to. I don't want her to want to have sex with me because I need her to. I want her to want me. I want her to want to talk nice to me. And the problem is, and this is the most frustrating thing about all relationships, parenting and marriage included, is we can't force somebody to want something. You know, oh, I, I don't wow. want my kids to behave. I, I, I want them to want to behave. And that's frustrating. I don't want them to do their homework. I want them to want to do their homework. But my efforts to make them do their homework can actually backfire and lead them to not wanting to do their homework. True story. So, right. So like if somebody I, tells me to do something, earn. especially if I'm pissed at them, if they tell me to do something, I will not do it on purpose, even if it should be done. I will Just, cut my nose off despite my face. True story. Absolutely. You know, and so why don't we just begin to recognize that there's some basic leader, leadership principles that have always been there, and it's talk to somebody the way you want to be talked to. Lead somebody into a way of functioning that is fun. But so often, you know, what we tell our kids when we scream at them is we're saying, look, I need you to calm me down. You're doing a behavior that I cannot handle, so I need you to change that behavior so that I can then regain my composure, which is like telling them, look, I need you to behave better because I can't. Wow. And then we wonder why they don't respect us. They, why they don't respect us, why should they? 
I haven't given them reason to. I'm asking them to behave better than I am. And that's so let me ask you a question. You know? Let yeah. me ask you a question, Hal. I ha- I've developed a pretty unique relationship with my kids. By I, I have to admit that. But I I believe fully, and I have already said to my kids, I'm in a place right now. My my temper is so short right now. I really need you to stop doing that so that I can be real reasonable with you. Like I have literally said right. to my kids, I need you to stop so that I calm down. But we're in a place where we've gotten to a place with each other that my kids actually respect that. Right. I haven't gotten there with my well, husband I yet. Think... <laughs> sure. And here's the deal. What, what we, what, there's a step beyond that because I get it and it sounds like that's something that you guys have agreed to and you understand what each other means. What, uh, I, what I, I coach people to something almost a little beyond that is saying, you know, ultimately, look, whether you're going to do what you're going to do is, is still up to you. I would like you to stop that. Now, what I'm letting you know is I need to take some time so that I can be the best me for your benefit. So I need to take a pause. Now, if you're not going to respect that pause, if you're going to continue to agitate and continue to agitate, then I'm going to respond in a way that you're you're not going to like. But, but again, I don't want that to be me freaking out. You know, I, I'm, I, I want them to see that, look, me freaking out just isn't an option. And I'll tell you, this: it all came from an incident where this was very, very early on where I was, I stayed at home with our daughter when she was born, our oldest, because my wife had to return to her teaching contract after she took maternity leave, and I was in graduate school, so I stayed home for months and months and months. Hardest job in the world, staying home with a baby, first baby at 23 years old. And there was a moment where I actually lost it because she was a horribly colicky baby and with just hours and hours on end, and I just lost it and screamed through my teeth, cussing at her while I dropped her a foot onto her crib and her pillow. Now, she was obviously fine, but I knew in that moment, I saw this is where shaken baby syndrome happens. This is where child abuse happens, and, uh, and I had to get out of there. Now, she was still screaming, still screaming, but you know, she's in her crib. She's fine, but I got outside. And I screamed to God, the universe, whoever would listen, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm never going to do that. Wow. It's, just, it's not going to happen. I eliminated that. from, And what that has forced me to do is, okay, if I'm not going to scream right now, what I'm going to do. And so sometimes with my spouse, with my kids, all right, I'm taking a walk. I am coming back. I'm always coming back, but I am taking a walk. But you can't just leave this conversation. You don't want me to remain in the conversation right now but I promise you I'm coming back and giving myself the permission to retreat from the moment so that I can return stronger because I I just have learned that managing myself is the best way I can influence anybody else. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because I can't tell you how many women come to me and say, you know, we need to go to therapy. We need to go together because I can't do this alone. And I have to remind them that you're the only one who can do this. Exactly. There is no we in marriage. My wife comes to me and says, we need to get the upstairs toilet looked at. She doesn't mean we, right? (laughs) There is no we, you know, it's we escalate. No, we don't escalate. I do it in retaliation or reaction to you, and then I justify it because I think that you did it first. No, that doesn't justify my behavior. 
Wow. That makes me look like a follower. If I want to experience something different, I've got to do it first, no matter what it is. And you can feel resentful about that fact, think, um, I'm always doing it first, or you can just realize, no, this is the way life works. If you want to change, you've got to do it first. This is, And so you're not butting your head up against your spouse. You're butting your head up against relationships itself. This is just the way it works. And, if, and so what I tell folks as a therapist is say, look, you want your spouse to come with you. Here's how you do it. You make an appointment with me, and you invite him and say, hey, I'm going, and I would love for you to join me because, you know what, I'm going to become a better spouse, and I think you can help me do that. That's pretty awesome. Even if the person thinks that they're already superior to every other spouse or parent on the planet? Well, they need to come to sit and sit in my office, and they'll learn differently. <laughs> That's amazing. We only well. have, like, a minute left. So what I want to do, do you have like a one-minute tip that you can give parents that they can use today that's going to make a difference? Okay. All right. A one-minute tip they can do today. All right. Here's three words that will absolutely revolutionize your relationship with your kid. It will increase the amount of information that they give you, and it will give you a pause button to push in the heat of the moment. It's three words. Tell me more. It's actually almost four words because it's like a syllable. Huh. Tell me more. So when they announce to you, hey, I got a bad grade on my test. Now, what you want to say is, well, I, I knew you hadn't studied enough. How many times do I have to tell you all that crap that you would never hear, want to hear from anybody else, but you're more than ready to give to them? Huh. <laughs> tell me more about that. Now, this is not what I'm feeling on the inside. There's no such thing as anxiety-free parenting. I'll be anxiety-free about my kids when I'm dead. But this is about <laughs> learning to be stream-free right, for their benefit. And so, huh, tell me more about that. Well, I don't think I studied enough. Oh, you know what? I, man, it took me a while to learn that lesson. In fact, I'm still learning that lesson. But I guess this is as good a time as any to learn it. Man, I'm wow. Study more next. Cool. You're See? awesome. Thank you so much. You have Thank given you. us so much information in such a short period of time. I so enjoyed having you. Make sure you join us next week. Thanks for listening to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Thanks for joining us. Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally. Give freely. Laugh openly. Learn daily. Grow immensely. And of 